Mandatory climate reporting is imminent. In June, we saw the release of the ISSB standards, ushering in requirements to disclose climate-related risks and opportunities alongside financial statements. What is fascinating when we think about this from the, the perspective of business leaders like you and I is that we are seeing legal and regulatory changes that are going to mean company directors will be held liable for environmental, social and governance considerations, otherwise referred to as ESG. And there will need to be this shift from more of a compliance lens to a strategic focus that is integrating into business practices across organisations. Here's where one of the challenges comes in. The reality is that 75% of businesses consider themselves to be in the very early stages of their ESG journey. And so what I want to do with you over this next few episodes in this series is to actually help pick apart and explain some of these components. Because if the thought of mandatory climate reporting and hearing acronyms like ESG leaves you feeling like a deer in headlights, then this five-part series is for you. Here's what we're going to explore. We're going to look at four key ways that ESG approaches can broaden your thinking in your business. We'll share some of the stories of companies that are embedding ESG principles in ways that strengthen the long-term stability and also improve their market position. We'll examine some of the global trends, highlight competitive advantages that can come from actually embracing the ESG considerations, as well as look at a tool that can help ensure ESG is not a costly distraction. So if that sounds good, and never fear, it's going to be across multiple episodes. I'm not going to try and cover all of that in one hit, but uh, join me. And let's dive in to understand a little bit more about ESG and what it means for your business. Welcome to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham. Let's blow up some myths, shift some mindsets, and clear a bit of space for you to find clarity on how your business can be more than a moneymaker. This is the place for established business leaders like you who refuse to believe the lie that it's an either or choice that you're faced with and instead embrace the both and mindset that you can do good and make money. In fact, doing good is the competitive advantage your business has been missing. It's time for both success and integrity. So as we jump in to this series and looking at bringing some of these ESG considerations into your business in more strategic ways, it's a great place and a a great approach really to start to remind you to come back to 
that place of a, a multi-dimensional person yourself as a leader, but also for your business to be moving away from the temptation to be quite one-dimensional and simplistic and instead have those broader perspectives that move you away from the black and white thinking. But before we really go into some of these key components that I've hinted at around what we're going to cover in the series, today I want to make sure that we actually pause and go through a bit more of an explanation to make sure that you and I are on the same page when we talk about ESG considerations. When you hear that acronym, ESG, there's different ways that you might want to think about it. But the, 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 uh, the categories that it's covering are environmental, social and governance. And like I said, think of it as this way to broaden out the different components that you are taking into consideration when thinking about planning for, making decisions and assessing things like risks and opportunities inside your business. So if you want to, if you like alliteration like I do, you might want to latch on to one of the phrases that you may have heard people talking about, which is uh, people, planet and profit. So the people component would be your social bit, the planet would be your environmental and in this case the profit piece, we're going to connect it to the idea of governance because it's coming back to the components of governance that are about the responsibility of thinking about how did you come to make that profit? What did you do in the process of getting to that place as an organisation? And those responsibilities and accountability sit within that governance role. So that might be a helpful way for you to think about it. It's just people, planet, profit. But I want to bring us back whenever we're talking about ESG over the next few episodes in this series. Let's continue to tie it back in our minds to how it actually plays out and is connected to our business models. Because one of the pieces that is going to be essential for you to transition in your own thinking moving forward is to realize that this component of ESG is no longer able to be something that you just push over and give to someone as their responsibility in a different department or to tick some boxes from a compliance perspective and think you're done. The reason I'm going to keep bringing it back for you to connecting it to all of the aspects and how it plays out in your business and your business model is because that is my attempt to help you in this transition I spoke about of moving out of simply a compliance mindset or lens into seeing these considerations being a key foundational part of your strategy. So when we think about it like that, let's start to pull apart these different categories. So in terms of environmental factors, for your business, what we want to be looking at here is analysing how your actions, your decisions, your practices in the way that you operate your business actually have an impact environmentally, both positively and negatively. 
for most of us as business owners, that is something that either just through an unintentional aspect of thinking it didn't really, it wasn't really relevant for us, we haven't looked at it. Or in some business models, we have very proactively chosen to ignore it and treat some of the environmental consequences of our work and decisions and practices as what has typically been referred to as an externality. So we, if we, for example, run a production type focused business model, traditionally, particularly in the last few decades, those business models have focused so heavily on cost reductions and streamlining and efficiency that they have seen it as a given that you would, of course, produce or outsource to whatever the cheapest geographical location may be or to wherever it was that you could get the cheapest labour or cheapest uh, parts, materials, etc. And so the prioritisation there around cost being the biggest driver and being comfortable with just creating externalities that you didn't even think about or take responsibility for has been embedded in the practice for most organisations for a significant period of time now. When we look at environmental factors in terms of our considerations with ESG, we're starting to shift that dial and to say we are no longer going to treat as externalities things that are directly connected to how we actually operate our business. So those pieces we might look at, I'm going to give some examples that are quite broad so that even if you don't have a a production focus, you're not physically making something, they'll still be relevant for your business. You know, we might look at things like the waste you produce, even if that's simply from your office and the way you may recycle or how much uh, rubbish you're producing, whether you're able to keep food waste separately and to compost that, what does that look like? So it can be as granular or as big scale depending on your organisation. So looking at things like that, waste, the energy you use, are there components of that that could be shifted over to renewable energy? You'll look at things like carbon emissions. For many organisations, you might be looking at things like your the company cars or how often you travel or how you travel when that's necessary as well as things as simple as water usage, which again, depending on your business, may be quite small or quite large. So you'll see when we when we pull apart that first category of environmental factors, the angle that you take or the things you look at that may be material that you are having an impact on either positively or negatively, levers you can pull will be different for each organisation, but we will all have aspects that we can start to take more um, conscious decisions around. The social factors, if we if we look at that category next. When we move into this, one of the pieces that ESG is encouraging you to do is to have a broader sense of stakeholders. When we have more of that one-dimensional view, more of the black and white approach to business and we simply focus on shareholder value maximization or profit maximization, 
then we are typically making a bunch of these decisions only taking into account how it benefits those that directly own that company or make money from the the profits generated by the company. What we want to do in the social factors of ESG is to start to be more conscious of the fact that we are having an impact on employees, on suppliers, on the communities that we operate in. And these types of aspects related to those stakeholders as well as your customers all play into how you want to think about your business and the core business activities and how they have an have that flow on impact into social factors. Some of the examples of things you might look at within your own business could be the labor standards or the work conditions that you provide, things around privacy and data security. Really important aspects like the access to essential services like healthcare and finance. Diversity and inclusion fits in this category of social. And then the relationship and reputation that you have within the communities you operate in. So again, let's bring this back to the specifics of your business. You don't need to get overly complicated. Your factors that you start to take into consideration in your strategy may not look the same. In fact, they probably won't as a huge listed company, for example. I'm not asking you to compare yourself to someone else or their reporting or the factors they take into consideration, but I am asking you to sit with each of the categories and pull it back to the practicalities of your business and see what are the components that might play out for us related to these different areas. Governance. I'm going to talk you through some of the factors related to governance now. From a governance perspective, we're starting to look at all of the internal aspects related to systems and controls. Areas like the gender pay gap fit here. Representation and structure of your board and the leadership teams. Corruption and compliance and how we actually ensure that we are sitting within appropriate boundaries related to compliance, legal regulations, et cetera, for where it is we operate as a business. This area of governance is a really critical one and it's where you as a business leader can house that responsibility for the shift that we're talking about. When we think about the incoming mandatory climate reporting components that are coming in initially for large businesses but that will absolutely flow down into smaller businesses and the expectations on how we actually can answer for and account for our impacts and the risks that are upon us as an organisation. This governance category, the third one of ESG, is really critical because it is how you start to make that strategic shift. I want to talk about some of the aspects that can be helpful when you sit in this space of of governance and approaching the strategy of ESG 
considerations. One of the pieces that is going to be incredibly important is to think about how this can help you shift the time horizons, what you actually take into uh, consideration as you, you work through looking at these aspects of ESG. What a new approach to time horizons allows you to do is to prepare for and weather the inevitable cycles that are going to be coming at you as an organisation and then position yourself for long-term value creation rather than where we have currently embedded business which is getting trapped in these very volatile returns around creating value in short-term focused uh, time horizons and then putting ourselves as an organisation, as a leader, as a business owner into the position where we are fighting against really big swings and trying to have some level of stability and consistency within that environment that is just incredibly difficult to, to operate and achieve. So the shifting to a different sense of time horizons and starting to use ESG considerations to help you at the level of ownership, governance, the, the leadership team, whatever that looks like within your organisation, to zoom out and be more tuned into the environment that you operate in and look at all of the pieces that are actually playing into how your business can operate and the results you're able to achieve. When you do that and you bring in the aspect around timeframes, what it helps you to do and the way that it sets you up for that longer-term value is that where previously you may have, for example, had very short windows you were looking at where you said, yep, this strategy plays out really well. We can price in this way. This is where the demand is sitting with the market and this is what it's costing in the back end in terms of to be able to produce these components within our business. When you only look in the, the short term, what you rob yourself of is the ability to prepare for, mitigate risk jump at opportunities and position yourself for that long-term success. Because many of the pieces that fit in those categories I just ran you through when I talked about environmental factors, social factors and governance factors will absolutely play into whether you're able to generate the kinds of results, the kinds of returns, the type of outcomes for clients, growth, etc., over the long term. And if you're not looking at those things and being honest with yourself about how they actually relate to your business, how they impact you positively or negatively, then you will not have built an organization that's actually robust and able to deal with those things. And this is the piece I just want to sit with when I talk about ESG from that perspective of broadening your thinking 
So related to the time horizons, which is that first piece of of broadening your thinking that we're tapping into in this week's episode. But it also taps into one of the competitive advantages, which we're speaking about today, which is that if we do this well, then it actually increases our compliance and regulatory readiness. What I mean by that is not just simply in that ticker box exercise space that I talked about at the beginning of, okay, how do we just do compliance to just get ourselves through what is being demanded of us externally. When I talk about it as an actual competitive advantage to have this compliance and regulatory readiness, from that governance perspective, if you as the leader are able to start to come at something like ESG considerations from the perspective of strategy, not a ticker box exercise, you are so far ahead of everyone else and your ability to actually breeze through any requirements that come at you, whether that's around uh, these mandatory requirements on reporting or different pieces, instead of you trying to play catch up and quickly find that data or change something in your supply chain or have to review whole components related to the pay and conditions of your workers, instead of being reactive to that and being forced into the categorization and the the data that external people are asking from you, you will have already done the thinking and been able to really come at this from the perspective of knowing how these considerations affect your business and the operation of your business. And what that allows you to do is to figure out how to prioritise, how to genuinely see which of these aspects have material risk or opportunity for the business to then drive the level of detail you go to or who you provide that information to. Because an approach to ESG and any of these mandatory external demands that are going to be coming at you, that only does the ticker box piece and only engages because you have to, that approach misses the opportunity here. It completely robs you of tapping into any of the competitive advantages that you could otherwise achieve. And so I really want to labor this point. I really want you to focus as you begin to to try to make the shift from compliance to strategy with an ESG approach or considerations. I want you to keep coming back to this piece of saying, I'm not just doing it because of those external demands and then just shoving it in a drawer and ignoring it. I am proactively from a governance perspective going to drill into and understand our current status. Where do we sit as an organisation? Where do we have gaps? Where is there no data or no insight available to us to even be able to get a sense of our current as-is position? How do we ask the right questions of the right people on our team 
to understand those components of the interplay between some of the environmental factors and how that plays out within our own business model, where there will be opportunity or risk as a result of that. Who do we talk to on our team and what data do they have available that can inform our decisions around social aspects that we may have been ignoring or not realising how connected they were to our future success or failure as an organisation and how do we tune into those. I want you to be doing that work now because if you're able to do that, what it means is you're going to have the time as an organisation to do the trial and error. You're going to have the time to really explore, run some scenarios, think through what would that look like? How could we do that differently? You can bring people into the conversation and you can also completely eradicate the component of this that keeps it feeling like this demand and unwanted expense and distraction that is coming at you from externally and instead proactively grab it and use it to your advantage. What you will also do if you've gone through this process I'm beginning to pull apart for you is you will then understand through these conversations and explorations to understand your own organisation and how each of the factors of environmental, social and governance play out in your business model. You will then also know who on your team is relevant and needs to have access to that data to inform their decision-making and their practice. And so what you will not do is the tick the boxes from an external demand perspective and put it in the drawer, but you'll instead go, okay, interestingly, externally, we only need to give them half of the data that we've actually collected because there's all of these other things that in examining our own business model, we've realised that we need to be informed and have access to data. We need to be looking at these other areas to increase the consistency and quality of what we're producing or to tap into these opportunities that have been exposed or mitigate these risks that we've now seen. And so in that process, you will then tune into and provide the relevant information to the right people in your organisation in ways that you would not do if you simply engage with this from a compliance perspective. I don't know about you particularly, but I have had enough of these conversations over the years to know that most organisations who are still engaging uh, in those early stages, so I said to you at the beginning, surveys show that 75% of businesses still would classify themselves as in the very early stages of their ESG journey. And when I talk to people, often they have, you know, some kind of environmental policy or something that is doing that ticking the box. But if they're honest, they tell me it's, we did it and it's in the bottom drawer. It's not actually being used as part of the decision making. It's not connected into the strategy. And therefore, it is a distraction it can be expensive and it can feel frustrating and a waste of time. And so today's episode 
It's simply that first entry point that I'm wanting to make with you to tie us back, get us on the same page before we go into the details in next episodes around reminding you what those ESG factors actually are in each category of environmental, social and governance and to really plant us firmly in the category of saying we are looking at these considerations as part of our strategy, as part of how we look at the operation of our business. And we want to then collect the information, engage in conversations in ways that strengthen our business over the long term moving forward and allow us to know who needs what information to inform their decisions and to drive how we actually run this business. Then the provision of the data that's needed from a compliance perspective is actually way down that list and we're simply tapping into data that we will already have on hand rather than it being a reactionary catching up and not getting the benefits of it but instead only getting the downside. So I hope that that has been helpful and as we wrap up today, I just want to remind you that while a whole bunch of these types of conversations may have felt up until this point like they were things that you just didn't have time to get your head around or that they were a distraction or that they weren't core to what your role was in leading your organisation. I am encouraging you and I am doing this multi-part series to pull apart gradually for you rather than bombard you with one episode that does your head in. I'm pulling it apart for you because I do want to plant some seeds that begin the process for you to understand that environmental, social and governance components and the expectations that are around those are growing and they are growing from all fronts. You are going to face these expectations from your employees, your customers, your suppliers and those aspects of the regulatory and compliance components that you have to fit within. And what is interesting is that this is no longer in the category that you're going to be able to get away with a token approach where you do a policy and put it in the bottom drawer, where you put something on your website or social media and think that that is sufficient. Transparency and the actual demonstration of what you're saying, playing out in how you engage, how you behave, what you produce as an organisation – that level of commitment and integrity is now absolutely considered the baseline and a hygiene expectation for any modern company, regardless of your size or the sector that you operate in. And so this conversation is not something that's uh, nice to have. This isn't a conversation that you can think about in five years' time when things settle down. It is a conversation that you absolutely need to start to engage with now. So I'm going to do it in little bite-sized pieces with you. 
but I hope that over these next few episodes you sit with me and just gradually chip away at connecting these dots back into your business and the practicalities of how they might play out for you. So just let me remind you of the components that we're going to cover, some of which we've talked through today in laying the groundwork, but then those that are, that are coming so that you know and can think about how to uh, pull apart and maybe put some of this just front of mind over the next week as you go about your every day and think about these aspects related to your business. So we're going to be looking at four key ways that ESG approaches can broaden your thinking. We looked at one of them today around timeframes. We're going to be going through some stories of companies that are embedding ESG principles in ways that strengthen their long-term stability and their market positioning. So that will be in the next episodes. We'll look at some of the global trends. Today we looked at one of them, which was around the standards that are coming in for mandatory reporting around some of these aspects of climate reporting. We're going to look at competitive advantages. Today we looked at one competitive advantage, which was around compliance and regulatory readiness and proactively getting ahead of the game and doing it in a way that makes sense for your organisation. But we're also going to look at some other competitive advantages. And then in the third episode, we're going to look at uh, a tool that actually ensures that as you do this, it's not just a costly distraction. Because believe me when I say part of why I am doing these episodes and wanting to pull down to the really practical essence a bunch of these conversations that can seem disconnected and not relatable for your business. I'm doing that work with you because I want to answer those questions that put you off, like the aspect of is this just a distraction and an expensive exercise that, that actually doesn't help us as an organisation. So we will together in this series, pull apart all of those components and make sure we answer the critical burning questions that you have. I do want to encourage you, if there are components related to ESG considerations that are burning questions for you that you want me to dive into, please message me or comment wherever it is you're listening or watching to the episode and share those questions with me, challenges that you have or things you don't understand. And I would love to be able to weave them into this series and talk to them as we go through. But I hope that's been helpful and I would encourage you again, if you haven't listened to some of the episodes around business modelling, to do that or if you want to learn some more about the components that drill this in and connect it back to the core elements of how it plays out for your business and building a robust, solid business model that allows you to do good and make money then get in contact with me or comment business model and I can send you information on our business model workshop where you will learn the practical skills of connecting the dots and bringing this type of thinking into your core business, into your business model itself in a way that strengthens, not threatens, the financial stability of your organisation, in a way that allows you to build a business model where when you win, it's because you're delivering more value and more positive impact in the world. It's not because you are taking advantage of or creating externalities and negative impacts on the environment. 
If you want some help to begin to think about that in more powerful, practical ways, business model. Send me that little phrase in the comments or in a message and I will connect you up for the next business model workshop. I hope that you plant, you take some of these seeds that we've planted and you begin to make that shift in your own mind, not seeing this as a distraction, not seeing it as simply a ticker box exercise, but getting ahead of it to figure out how can you use this as a competitive advantage? How do you use this to spot opportunities? How do you use this to actually anticipate and mitigate risk? And you can do that, like I said today, by shifting that time frame and by particularly taking that governance piece seriously and making this about strategy, not compliance. I'll see you next week for the second part of this series, looking into ESG, how we make it relevant for our businesses and how we get ahead of any fears that we might have about the aspects of mandatory climate reporting that are imminent and coming at us as business owners. Thank you for taking the time to listen to both success and integrity with Bessie Graham. If you found what I shared today valuable or you think that it would be good for a fellow business leader to listen to, then please share the episode with someone you know. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app of choice. The written review is important because it helps others learn more about what we're trying to achieve. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn, YouTube or Instagram just by searching Bessie Graham or you can go to BessieGraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham and remember, you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life.